Ghana, somewhere from, actually, from Africa. Uh, Y'all give it up. She came on a boat. Y'all give it up for Tara Davis. Hello, friends. Hello. How are you guys doing? Uh, how many of you had fun tonight? Anyone? Yeah? How many of you are thankful that Eva told me I only have five minutes to share with you? Anyone? I was really hoping to go for about 50 minutes. Is that okay with you? Yeah! I'm just playing. Oh, it's a guy. Hey, before I get started, um, I'm going to pray. Chloe, where are you at? I can't see. I can't hear. Chloe, come here. Um, we're going to pray for Chloe. Chloe's brother died on Friday, and she asked that we pray for her and her family. So we're just going to honor that, and we're going to pray for that. So when one person is praying, you all can agree by just stretching your hand. There's nothing magical, okay? But it's just a way of saying, like, yes, Lord, I totally agree, okay? So we're going to pray for Chloe, and then I'm going to share with you guys just a, a little bit. God, um, thank you for Chloe. God, thank you for her family. Thank you that you love her. God, thank you for your word which brings us hope and comfort and encouragement. God, thank you for your word that's a light in dark times. And Father, you say that you are near to the crushed in spirit and close to the brokenhearted. And so, God, I pray that Chloe and her family would feel your nearness tonight, God, and in the days to follow, God, that you would hug them, God, that you would love on them, that you would cover them with your peace, God, that you would bind them together as a family. And God, pray that... Um, your peace would just reign in their lives. And so we just speak the name of Jesus over Chloe and her family. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, I'm just going to share with you guys just a little bit tonight. I'm actually going to tell you a story. It's kind of one of my favorite stories. It's kind of also a really embarrassing story. So before I tell you the story, I've got to actually give you a visual, okay? Take, for instance, picture number one. That is me and my twin sister. Her name is Sarah. Everyone say, aww. Now, a couple of notations about this picture is, um, one, I rocked that purple striped dress. I remember that dress, and I rocked it. Number two, clearly I was so cool, I needed glasses on even in a shape. Number three... I hate cats, so I don't really know what's going on there. And number four, I have no idea whose dog that is. So, random. But that's me and my twin sister. We're probably mm, six years old there. Yeah. So, fast forward about 20 years, 30 years. And this is my twin sister now. That's her. Everyone's like, oh. Y'all, y'all just said that like I was lying. Like... I'm making something up. Y'all are like the old lady in the pool. I just worked out at the Y. And the lady found out I had a twin sister. And she said, does she look like you? And I said, oh, no. She's totally opposite. And you know what she said? She goes, so she's skinny? I said, you know what? I'm going to just keep swimming. I'm going to keep swimming. But that's my sister, Sarah. That's my twin sister. We were born on the same day. We shared the same birthday. Our entire lives, until we were adults, we shared a birthday cake. We shared everything. Now, here's what I can't figure out. Clearly, we don't look a whole lot alike. You know what I'm saying? When I look at my sister, I see some muscle. I see her little neck bones up there. And when I look at myself, I see skin and freckles. And somewhere deep down inside, 
There's a little bit of muscle. But that's my twin sister. Now, y'all got it? Her name is Sarah. Very, very close to Tara. I respond to both names. So, that's Sarah. Fast forward to the next picture of my handy-dandy magical girl wand. One day, we ran a race, okay? It's our senior year of high school, and we're both doing track and field. And I was a thrower. I threw shot put and discus, and my sister was a long-distance runner. Always had been. And I noticed something particular about the long-distance races. There was never three people that ran them. And I wanted to get a ribbon really, really bad. I just wanted to have a ribbon and say I got an award. And so there were lots of people on my team that were much better at me at throwing than I was. And so I told my joke, my, I told my coach joking one day, hey coach, I want to run the two miles. She's like, ha ha, okay Davis. I was like, okay, whatever, you know. So she comes up to me at lunch one day. I'm killing the Mountain Dew. I'm on, like, my second Twinkie. Lunch of champions, I'm telling you. Okay? This might have a little bit to do with the difference between my sister and I. She's eating, like, a Caesar salad. Whatever. Okay, my Twinkie was good. And my coach comes up to me. She's like, yo, Davis, you're running a two-mile tonight. And I'm like, aha, good boy, coach. You're funny. She goes, no, for real. You're running and I about pooped my pants. All of a sudden, my Twinkie was disgusting, the Mountain Dew was churning in my stomach, and all I could think about was my track uniform where the shorts cut off here. If y'all think I'm white, you haven't seen here. You know what I'm saying? And the shorts were about a size too small, and I was going to run. And the track actually looked something like this. There was a starting line, and there was no finish line. You know what I'm saying? Any of you ever ran on a track like that? Okay, so it was a giant circle, whatever. There was a point A and a point B, a start and finish. But to me, in my mind, this is what the track looked like. So I lined up. My heart's racing. My palms are sweating. My stomach's gurgling. And I'm lined up even sure how many laps around two miles is. You know what I'm saying? Because as throwers, we just throw things, and then we go home. So the guy lifts up his gun, and I'm literally thinking, God, it would be really fantastic if he just took that gun and pointed it at me and put me out of my I have no idea that it's not real, whatever. And he goes, pop, and I start running. I am literally running so slow. I don't even know if it can be classified as a run. You know what I'm saying? I'm going like a sloth trot. Like Now, in my mind, I'm, I'm running hard. Like, Michael Jordan hard. You know, like, I'm getting it after. I'm like, but it's more like. Now, here comes my sister, and she laps me. You know what she says? She's running fast, much faster than me. She says, hey, sis, you're doing a great job. Keep going. You know what I say? <laughs> and I'm literally dying. I think I'm literally going to die on this track and go see Jesus. All I keep telling myself is lap one, lap one, lap one, lap one. My sister keeps lapping me every time. Hey, sis, you're doing a great job. Keep going. Lap two, lap three. I took so 
long running the two mile, here's what happened. The sun began to set in the sky. I, I'm not, I wish I were lying right now. I'm not even lying. My coach sat down on the bench and read the newspaper. <laughs> I know, it gets worse. Don't forget the shorts. Remember, the shorts don't come off here. Two sizes, too small. And then my sister finishes the race. But I'll never forget what my sister did. She just ran eight times around. And she started running back and forth across the middle of the field to meet me. And she'd say, good job, sis. Keep going. You've got this. You're almost done. You can do it. I get to the last straightaway, and I'm about to barf my entire life away. And I sprint because I'm humiliated and I'm tired and everything hurts. And people in the stands stand up and cheer like it's some sort of Olympic event. And I finish. And I got third place because I was the third person. <laughs> and I've lost my third place ribbon. Whatever. But that actually happened. And I thought tonight, Eva asked me to share tonight, and I thought, I have one chance to tell you something. This is it. What am I going to tell you? And lots of things came to my mind. Things about sin. Things about loving each other. Things about following Jesus. But I would sum it up in this one thing. You have to run your race. You have to run your race. And I know I've talked about this before, but see, the reality is, is that God created you because he loves you and he sees you and he knows you and there is never anything you can do that will cause him to stop loving you and cheering you on and you have to run your race. Even when House of Faith isn't here, when we won't gather next Wednesday night, you have to run your race. You have to lay it all out on the line and you have to pursue Christ. You have to chase after holiness. You have to want to read the Bible. You have to want to follow God no matter the cost. Easier said than done. I know. But this is what it says in Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You have to run your race. You get to decide what your life looks like. You have one life to live, and we're not promised tomorrow. And we don't always know what's going to happen, but every day, 
You get to make a choice, and every choice will either bring you closer to Jesus or separate you from Jesus. Every time you listen to Kixie, it's one step away from Jesus. And I'm going to throw myself in that mix. Because I like Justin Bieber too, doggone it. But the reality is, every time I listen to Kixie music, I take one step away from Jesus. Every time I choose to watch TV or movies or play my Wii instead of reading my Bible, I take one step away from Jesus. But every time I choose to pray, every time I choose to worship, every time I choose to do what's right, every time I choose to make it to church or house of faith, every time I choose to read the Bible, even if it's boring and I don't understand, I take one step closer to Jesus. 1999 was when I ran that race. 1999. Do you know how I finished that race? I finished that race because I had a sister running back and forth saying, Sis, don't quit. You've got this. I'm here tonight telling you, don't quit. You have this. You have everything it takes to follow God all the days of your life. You have everything it takes to be a cycle breaker in your family. You have everything it takes to do the right thing. You have everything it takes to know Jesus and to follow Jesus all the days of your life. But it's your choice. It takes fixing your eyes on Jesus. I've got one last picture to show you and then I'm done. I want you to look at this while I read this last, this last line. Verse 3. Consider him. Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinners. Translation, Jesus had some big time troubles. Jesus had some bad days. Jesus was made fun of. He was beat up. He was scorned. He was left out. He was taken advantage. He was lied to. He was cheated on. Consider Jesus. So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Friends, if you lose heart, you've lost your race. And I'm here to tell you, you have to run your race. You have to. And all of us at House of Faith hear us running back and forth cheering you on. Hey, you've got this. We believe in you. We're praying for you. We love you guys. We believe in you. We believe that you are the next generation of world changers for Jesus. Go run your race. God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for setting the ultimate example for us. That you went through all kinds of muck and mire and bad days and trouble and stress and hardship and heartache. Because you saw us at the finish line. God, you were running for me. You were running for these students. And you refused to quit. You refused to give up. Father, I pray that you bless these students with the courage and the strength and the tenacity to run their race. God, that they would fix their eyes on you, Jesus. Not on someone else, not even on our own self. 
God, let us be a generation that dies to ourselves so that we can live for you. God, bless them with, with eyes to see you so that they will not grow tired, so that they will not lose heart. God, let them hear the cloud of witnesses cheering them on. Let this be the summer that they pursue you, the summer that they commit to reading their Bible, the summer that they start Bible studies in their neighborhoods, the summer that they invite friends over to their house just to worship you, the summer that they love you and they honor you with their lives. Thank you for your great love for us. God, thank you for being one who cheers us on. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.